listening to the Good News in the Dark World podcast. Join us as we study God's Word and discover Jesus on every page. Here's Pastor Kevin. Hello and welcome to the Good News in the Dark World podcast. We are currently studying covenant theology and specifically we have been looking at the covenant with Noah. Uh, we started that last time by uh, looking at what the covenant of Noah is exactly and we saw that it is a covenant that God made with all of creation uh, promising that he would never again destroy this world with a flood. But as I said to you last time, there's a little bit more to this covenant than just that. Um, as you may know, God often gives signs with his various covenants. Uh, there will often be a covenant sign. For example, the sign of the covenant of grace was circumcision in the Old Testament, and it is now baptism in the New Testament. Well, God gives a sign in the Noahic covenant as well, and you probably know what it is. It says this in Genesis 9, verse 12. God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. So here comes the sign. I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. And so God gives the rainbow as a sign, the the rainbow is a sign that God made a promise, a promise to never destroy the world again with a flood. And every time we see a rainbow, uh, we can be reminded of that. Now, there's something very interesting in this idea of a rainbow. Uh, if you have your Bible open or if you want to read this later, you will notice that in verse 13 of Genesis 9, God calls it a bow. Not a, not a rainbow, but a bow. And the Hebrew word there can actually be translated either way. It can be translated like a, a bow, or it can be translated as a rainbow, like a rainbow in the sky, or a, or a bow, like a bow and arrow. In the Bible, a bow is often referred to as a weapon of war, a weapon of judgment. Uh, Psalm 7, for example, says, If a man does not repent, God will sharpen his sword, he will bend and string his bow. Now, if you're going to use a, a bow and arrow to shoot something or shoot someone, uh, what position do you hold your bow in? You, you hold it vertically, right? You hold it up and down. You don't hold, hold it horizontally. You don't hold it flat. You hold it vertically up and down. In fact, in, in ancient art, victorious armies were typically pictured as returning home from war with their bows in a horizontal position. And that was meant to indicate that the war was over. Now, here's what's really interesting. If you look at verse 16 of Genesis 9, it says, When the bow is in the clouds, God says, I will see it, and I will remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. Now, did you know that, that when a rainbow is seen from outer space, it looks different than when we see a rainbow here on earth? When you see a rainbow here on Earth, it's this big arc, right? But when you see a rainbow from outer space, a rainbow looks flat. It, it is horizontal. And so you can picture God on his throne in heaven. He, he looks down upon the Earth, and he sees a rainbow, a rainbow that looks flat. And, and what does that rainbow say? What does that rainbow represent? It represents the fact that the war is over, that God will never again destroy this world, this earth, with a flood. Now, this covenant is one that we would call unilateral. In, in other words, God's covenant to never destroy the world again with a flood is not dependent on anything that we do. Some covenants that we make in life, some agreements that we make in life, 
are bilateral. That means that there are two sides. An example of this would be a car loan. Uh, the bank agrees to give you the money up front to, to purchase a car, and you agree to pay that money back over time. That's a bilateral covenant, but the Noahic covenant is not bilateral. The, the Noahic covenant is not dependent upon us. It is a unilateral covenant. It's all about God's promise to us, God's promise to all of life. Now, this doesn't mean that the, that the Noahic covenant doesn't call us as human beings to do anything. Uh, theologian Meredith Klein writes this. He says, regulations governing mankind's conduct were included but no commitments were exacted from man on which the continuance of the covenant itself might be dependent. And, and so there are things in the Noahic covenant that we are called to do, but the fulfillment of this covenant is not dependent upon us. Uh, but but notice, notice three things within the, the covenant with Noah. First of all, the world is called to be fruitful. Verse 1 says of Genesis 9, God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That means that mankind is called to procreate, that, that animals are called to procreate. Uh, this is a reminder that marriage is a good thing, that having children is a good thing. Secondly, God gives us all things for food within the Noahic covenant. Verse 3, God says, Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. So you can enjoy bacon, you can enjoy steaks. God has given us good things to eat. And then third, this covenant reminds us that human life is sacred. In verse 5 of Genesis 9, God says, And for your lifeblood I will require a reckoning from every beast. I will require it and from man. From his fellow man I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, for God made man in his own image. That means that capital punishment is scriptural. God has tasked human government with the calling to hold human life in high regard. Now, this isn't just an Old Testament thing. This is found in the New Testament as well. You can read about it in Romans 13, verse 4, where it says that the civil authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. 1 Peter 2.13 says, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him, to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. Now again, these three things are, are not just meant for the church. The Noahic covenant is not just with believers. This is what all people are called to. Be fruitful and multiply. Enjoy the, the good gifts that God graciously gives you and protect human life. And so this is the Noahic covenant. This is God's covenant with Noah and all of life. Now next time we will look at the practical applications of this covenant for us. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would like to support this ministry, you can find us at www.goodnewsinadarkworld.com. Thank you for listening.